today on City Cash Chicago. It is the first day of my favorite month of the year. Not because of like the weather or the festivals or anything, because of the birthdays. I sell a birthday at the end of the month and hell of the homies got birthdays throughout the month. But before I start buying cakes and presents, let's look back on the last week in March across the city of Chicago. To help me do so, Chima Okoro from Southside Weekly and Ariane Nettles, a freelance journalist and professor. It's Friday, April 1st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Before we started the call, Ari and I were talking. For me personally, Chima, I don't know if you feel this way, uh, but it was a tiring ass week i had a lot of things to do the timeline was messy everybody getting their opinions off i just felt exhausted all week and and i don't know if y'all felt the same way but i wanted to check in to see how do you plan to relax with this forthcoming weekend what's something you're gonna do for yourself to kind of detach from all the commentary all the scheduling all the calendars uh chima i'm gonna start with you what's something you're looking forward to to kind of bring you to some zen yeah i'm actually gonna go have um like a little sit down coffee date with some of my friends to talk about some ideas. So still kind of work related, but I don't know. I have the pleasure of doing the things I like to do for work. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to check out a new coffee place that's in, um, pretty sure it's on 47th. I don't know what it's called, so don't ask me, but it looks very <laughs> cool. <laughs> so excited for that. All right, so you're going to get some coffee, new spot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's up. And I'm with you on that. I, I feel very grateful to do the things I love, but that also requires some negotiation because I'll just get myself exhausted. And then when I feel that way, I'm like, oh, but you're doing what you love. You do what you love. You can't feel bad about that. And so I definitely got to make sure I take care of myself in that process. Uh, Ari, what's something you're looking forward to this weekend to relax? So I am actually planning a very lazy Sunday. And the only thing I want to do is, you know, kind of like Chima, I am meeting up with a friend I haven't seen in a while. And we're going to try this new restaurant called Rue on 55th and Hyde Park. Okay, I had missed it. But now all of a sudden it's like, you know, one person mentions it and now everybody has been talking about it. And I guess I missed the memo that it was this new good you know, restaurant, I heard that the shrimp and grits is mm-hmm. on point. So that's going to be my plan. I got to check and see if they got BYOB or mimosas because that <laughs> needs to be a part of the Sunday somehow. And I'm going to try to have like a really lazy kind of slow day. Me, something I'm looking forward to doing, I'm interviewing this author, Kosako Jackson, who wrote this book, uh, Surviving the Dome. I don't read a lot of like YA fiction, uh, but I am excited to read it. It looks like a pretty cool uh, synopsis. Uh, The author looks really cool. And I don't get a lot of time to just sit down and like pick up a book. I'm notorious for like starting a book, getting like three chapters in, picking up another Mm -hmm. one and starting to read it, then buying three more books and then putting them on the shelf. And so I'm actually excited to like like sit my ass down, read the entire book. Um, All right, so let's look back on another week in the city of Chicago. We're going to start with the big stories uh, that really kind of captured our attention throughout the week. Ariana, I'm going to start with you. What was a story that you were paying attention to this week that maybe you couldn't turn away from? So um, a story that I absolutely could not turn away from this week was um, the new season of WBZ's Motive. So um, Motive is an investigative podcast and each season has a different kind of investigation, a different thing that it's looking at. And so 
this season is um, really investigating abuses and cover-ups in Illinois prisons. And it's hosted by criminal justice reporter Shannon Heffernan, who I just got to say, I'm like a huge (laughs) Shannon fan. And I think, you know, when I worked at WBZ, I kind of could see up close and personal how much care she puts into this type of work and how she treats people with humanity and how she never... um, you know, which we have unfortunately seen in our profession quite often, reporters who don't see incarcerated people as people and we don't see their stories as relevant. And so she has been like the total opposite of that. And I feel like I kind of learn a lot in how she talks to people and how she, you know, aims to really be truthful and caring in their stories. So the first episode was out this week. And I think... Blind Spot. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it was really top of mind for me because this week at the same time, I was working on a story about Illinois Humanities Envisioning Justice Reaction Exhibit. And so with that, or as a part of my story, I interviewed a survivor who was tortured by police commander John Burge. And his name is Anthony Holmes. He was one of the first survivors to really come forward. And he testified against Burge and kind of helped you know, him be charged. And so he told me that, like, when he goes to the doctor, the doctor says, how many heart attacks have you had? Because as part of the torture, he was electrocuted so many times that his heart looks like he has had heart attacks. And that just, like, really broke my heart to hear that. And, you know, so, I mean, people who were falsely accused and or forced into confessions um, and who are not even guilty of the things they were charged of. So I think that um, Shannon shining light on, you know, a lot of these injustices and how people are treated because I think that we really do have to push towards better treatment in our prisons, um, whether or not, you know, wherever you stand on incarceration, period, you know, like you people are people and they yes, don't ma'am. deserve to just be mm-hmm. abused. Yeah. The fourth season of Motive is available now. It came out March 28th, uh, coinciding with the start of the trial for the two officers from Western Illinois Correctional Center in Mount Sterling uh, who beat um, uh, Larry Irvin, who was serving time about four years ago uh, to death in what was known as a blind spot in the prison where there were no cameras. And so Mm -hmm. Shannon talks with individuals who spent time at this uh, facility and they talk about routinely uh, knowing that people had been taken there, had been beaten, had been harassed, and then kind of thrown back in their cell. I'm talking to Shannon later today. I listened to Yay! the first first two episodes of Motive. And so to have someone like Shannon, um, who is joining in this conversation, that's largely mm-hmm. been driven by organizers, abolitionists, folks who are, are anti-prisons through and through, for her to join in this conversation with Motive uh, to continue to bring awareness to just how degrading these places are, mm-hmm. how inhumane mm-hmm. uh, prisons are, uh, I think is critical work. Um, Chima, what was a story that that really captured your attention from Chicago this week? Yeah, um, in light of this uh, conversation about abolition, um, I don't know if y'all remember the Miracle Boyd um, incident that happened in 2020 when Miracle yeah. Boyd was someone that yeah. I um, share community with, an organizer from Good Kids Mad City. Um, had her teeth knocked out by a Chicago police officer by the name of Nicholas Jovanovich. Um, mm-hmm. So um, recently, the Weekly had just published this uh, story. Um, and essentially, uh, 
we'd obtained, um, the weekly and the Chicago reader had obtained body cam footage and images, um, that show the CPD officer charging towards Miracle Boyd and punching her in the face with a closed fist. Um, it was just like, we feel like we're telling the story over and over again and just swapping out the names, swapping out the name of the victim, swapping out the name of the police officer over and over again. Um, and it's awful because it's like, in any other situation, we would say a trend, like, you know, uh, an occurrence of events shows a trend and we use these trends to determine how we move forward. But for some reason, that's never the case for police officers. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm at least like relieved that this this footage is here so that Miracle Boy can continue to try to get justice. Mm-hmm. I, I sat down with Jim Daly uh, earlier this week to talk about those findings. And so that conversation with Jim and in, in the uh, the the footage, it, you know, like you said, it leaves us having to be happy that miracle has this has more evidence to continue to seek justice, but it also breaks your heart that it takes 18 months and, and suing Copa and the superintendent to say, we shouldn't fire this person all for us to believe a story that this young woman told us two years ago, that, that dozens of people who were out there told us two years ago in 2020 in May, also going back to that year, a lot of tragic things happened. But another thing that was like a phenomenon is that while all of these violent things were happening with the police, folks had their phones out. Um, and there were more incidences where the police were in direct contact and agitated and showing themselves, showing their asses and how they actually handle people um, in real life. But um May 2020, um, police officers um, instruct a 14-year-old girl to lay on the floor. Um, and when she does that, they hop out of their uh, SUV and they didn't put it in park and the vehicle rolls over this young girl who had just graduated eighth grade. Um, the footage uh, just recently came out. The tribe uh, wrote a story on it um, and shows that the car was clearly not put in park. Police officers who are responsible for this are claiming that it's a mechanical error. That's obviously not true. You didn't put the car in park. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think about um, the way that uh, police officers weaponize their vehicles, mm-hmm. um, the way police officers like carelessly use these, these like everything that they have access to using it as a weapon. Um, and even if it's like, oh, it was a mistake, right? If I am swinging a baseball bat all over the place and I smack somebody in the face, I shouldn't have been being that careless. I have to take responsibility for that. So why is it that they get this this excuse or this alibi when it was clearly carelessness? Yeah, I mean, there have been cases recently on city council. People are receiving settlements for like hit and runs. People who have been killed or injured in these sort of high speed chases. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, there is no there is no sense of accountability there. Yeah. Yeah. And processes, because why was she on the floor or why was she on the ground in the first place? Like, mm. you, if every interaction you have with a police officer is you got to get on the ground, you got to do all these things. Like, how are you, how how can you ever expect people to build any type of trust? And again, I am only thinking about in this way that the, you know, that the, the powers that be claim, right? Like Superintendent Brown and him talking about community policing and community engagement and these things that the department says they want to do. How can you do that until you at least address people as people? It's like we don't even have that baseline created for anyone to expect any trust. Yeah. I grew up near Roseland um, and like, Literally, like these communities are already, you feel me, like 
already marginalized, already underfunded, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah. also are at like the forefront of being victims to these violent crimes from the police. And there's nobody to defend them unless there's literal footage. Like you literally have to like fight for your life to prove that like, the and this is the type of stuff that they do to folks in these neighborhoods all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was going to say is just that it's just crazy that we have to even, that they have to work so hard to even prove that. Yeah. And then it's this uphill battle you know, I think of Miracle. I think of, I believe her name's a start of Washington. I think of both of mm-hmm. them and the work that their families and they have to do to be like, Miracle is an activist. She just graduated. She's a good kid. And, you know, Washington, mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. named most athletic and she get A's and B's. The position y'all put us in to have to to justify our lives, yes. justify our humanity, how much mm-hmm. work we have to do. You know, if, if the police do something to me, they gonna be like, oh, Jacoby was this and Kobe was this and he had a show and he cared. And I was alive, I was taking breath on this earth. I mm-hmm. deserve dignity, I deserve mm-hmm, respect. Yeah. And th- the fact that we have to work and, and to prove that we're deserving of this before and after we are violated, um, you know, is, it's, it's just, it, it hurts. It just hurts. There's, there's no other word for it. Um, Ari, I'm going to kick it back to you. What was a story this week that you, it just needs more light? There was so much going on in the world this week. What are some stories that may have kind of fallen by the wayside for some folks? So this story is actually kind of the story came out this week. But mm-hmm. it talks about kind of what's happened in the past couple of weeks. So um, it's in the Chicago Reader by Adam Rhodes. And it is about yeah. the recent deaths of two black trans women, Tatiana mm-hmm. LaBelle and Elise Mallory. And, yes, of course, you know, both women had been missing for several days before, you know, really sadly they were found on the same day. And we know this is like a terrible loss. And I think when we think about how both of their cases were treated and for one, it matters how we treat them, how we treated them in the, in the media. Right. Um, I think that as someone who is a journalist, it is important for us to always be critiquing our industry. And so especially with LaBelle, she was dead named in a lot of places because that was how the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office um, mentioned her. And not only is that... And that that means they use the name that she doesn't identify with. Yes, yes. They Mm -hmm. use the name that she does not identify with. And, you know, that's disrespectful and it hurts the family and friends. But also when we are talking about trying to find a missing person, it can hurt that search for answers. Not only was this just a horrible, terrible loss, it also, I think, brings up the fact that as an industry, we have to do way better. Mm-hmm. All of the, the the events happened, you know, not yeah. this week. The story came out this week, and it really just had me thinking about all of our place in this in this ecosystem of journalism and how we can help something or we can really be hurtful to it. Mm-hmm. We've covered on the show the violence that trans women, especially black trans women, face. Mm-hmm. And when these stories came out, Rhodes points out something very key. Um and, and and it's not only the the ways in which the media portrayed the story or how they chose to tell them, but you also saw this sort of imbalance of, of mm-hmm. when the media chooses to tell a story, whose yes. story? 
You know, mm-hmm. whose story is valuable? Whose story can they, does a person need to be an activist, an organizer? Mm-hmm. Do they mm-hmm. need to be someone prominent in their community? Do they need to be celebrity? What do people have to do to be considered people? For so many people, they don't see this as an epidemic. They don't see this as a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they see six tr- trans women killed in 2022 and, and they try to rank that or try to create hierarchy there when, when these are lost lives. And when mm-hmm. we know you know, reports have come out that CPD does not do a good job of writing reports in these cases yep. of yep. of of tracking the information, of following up on these investigations. They're, you know, much more likely to kind of uh, push them to the side and, and pay little attention. Um, and, and so we have to be fierce advocates, especially and not only on, you know, Trans Visibility Day. Right? It's not only when we're in mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. With, with BSA and other trans organizations. This is something that has to be an everyday conversation because the rate of violence that black trans women face in our country um, is both sickening and yet it is not surprising. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so I'm glad you're drawing more attention to this. Our our hearts go out to the families of of both of these women, Mallory and LaBelle. Um, And again, I, I feel so cliche saying, I hope they get justice, but I don't think any of us know what that is or looks mm-hmm. like. And so mm-hmm. it, it's hard to, to, to even say what that means. Um, uh, Chima, you want to jump in here? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think that like the conversation around the safety of trans women, um, sometimes is trivialized, right? Like people, get on Twitter and get on Instagram and make their think pieces about sports and and things of that nature. Like, oh, what should folks be allowed to do and what should they not be allowed to do? When people don't realize those behaviors, those thoughts, those frames of minds that they limit to whatever subject it is, expands further than that. It creates like this way of thinking about trans women that jeopardizes their safety far beyond swimming, far beyond track and field, things that like y'all don't consider life-changing things that y'all don't Mm -hmm. consider connected Mm -hmm. to any form of safety. It creates this habit um, in our like world at large to, to think of, of trans women as this like subject or as Mm -hmm. this like, you know, like othering, like a, a, a group of people to always be othered and not to be considered the way that folks consider themselves. Um, And so it just stresses me out to like, see like people, you know, chit-chatting about, well, it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. I feel this way. Your opinions cost people their lives. Mm -hmm. Your your Mm -hmm. opinions cost people their safety. Um, It may not seem like a big deal to some people, you know, that that they're like, whatever banter they're having on on social media, they feel like it doesn't extend far, but it just, it's it's so disturbing because it's such a bigger issue and it's not like hypothetical, right? Like people literally lose their lives and then like, fall between the binds, like fall between the cracks and folks like move on with their lives. They repost the post and then they move on. There's a lot of people who aren't even in in community with any trans women at all to even feel any type of like, feel any type of connection um, to like these tragedies. And it's like, it's just, it's it's awful. I think that people really need to like open their eyes and be more like um, caring about uh, the humans that we share community with. Mm -hmm. I love how you said that. 100%. One hundred percent. I mean, woo, between those first four stories, we uh, we we went to yeah. town. We we kind of uh, did. <laughs> we went to town, but yeah, but in some very important ways. Mm-hmm. Um, now we also want to send you into the weekend uh, with some moments of joy, with a little bit of awareness, with some tools to help you to hold the city accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also want to give you some good news. Hey. 
to get you through the weekend uh, on, on these stressful, hard, uh, kind of gloomy weeks. We still want to make sure that we recognize um, that this city is beautiful to pe for the people who live here, for the people who contribute, for the people like Chima, Ari and all our guests uh, who fight to make this city just just a little more decent every single day. So we want to make sure that you leave this this episode with some moments of joy. Ari, I'm going to start with you. What's some good news you won't get a people? Okay, okay. So my good news is <laughs> my <nigga. laughs> about my favorite bakery in the world. So I always smile when I talk about this because mm -hmm. all my friends know I love a snack. I love mm -hmm. some cake. Okay, like it's some sweets. It, mm -hmm. it is my jam. But Brown Sugar Bakery, mm -hmm. which is like when I say my favorite bakery in the world, I really mean it. Like I've lived in other places. I've had other bakeries that I love in different places like Atlanta and Memphis and all these places. But no, this is my favorite in the world. And so it was actually damaged yeah. last weekend after mm -hmm. somebody drove a car into it over the weekend. And a lot of us Southside people, we still haven't recovered from when somebody drove in the Taurus. Taurus, okay? G. We had to shut so I was, down. Yeah, we were stressed, okay? Like, not Brown Sugar Bakery. <laughs> any place but Brown Sugar Bakery. And so, um, you know, the owner, Stephanie Hart, says she... That 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 um, accident cost about twenty thousand dollars in damages, which sounds like mm -hmm. a whole lot to me. Stressed me out, mm -hmm. and I don't even own the business. But the good news is how Chicago stepped up to help her, and I feel like yeah. this is just like the most Chicago story. So she said, money wise, she got insurance, so she good on that. But she said, even like you know, when you think about like some, you 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 show up at work and there's this horrible thing. You're like, what do I do? She said, community members helped clean up the debris, helped board up the glass. Um, people kept coming in, like friends, customers, everybody was coming in to check on her. Like, hey, we just wanted to stop by, support you, buy something. Neighbors offered, like, you know, neighboring businesses offered fridge space. Um, wow. And then she had like this art installation out in the front that was from the Art Institute. They came mm -hmm. by and reinstalled it. And so it up. just is the most Chicago story that, you know, when we love each other, we love hard. We do not play about we each other. Up. And, you know, we show up, right? And so I just I just love that this could have been such a sad story. Um, you know, small business doing their thing and get just totally wiped out by something, a horrible accident. But that is not going to be their story. And so mm -hmm. I just am so excited. I'm going to make sure I go by this weekend and get me a cupcake or maybe I need to get a whole cake. I don't know. It's been a stressful <laughs> week. But yeah, so that is that's my good news. I'm really I'm really happy for them. That's what's up. Brown Sugar Bakery is off 328 East 75th Street. It's right between Greater Grand Crossing and Chatham. Uh, man, I knew you was going to mention Taurus because as soon as I saw the story, that's what I thought about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, we not going to lose another institution nope. to these nope. random mugs just driving into stores, G, and then dipping, which, you know, I, I understand why they did. But my point <laughs> is... Here, but still. <laughs> my point is, though, like, yeah, that's 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 traumatizing. These are, like, institutions. It's, and it's not just because, oh, the vice president went... Nah, F that. Right. That, that mug is legit good. Yes. So if you can, stop by and support. Shout out to Stephanie. I'm glad she has insurance. I'm glad that the recovery isn't going to, uh, going to be, you know, too, right. too difficult. I know it's going to be hard. You know, these... 
these moments when our when our small black businesses is 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 struggling to, to move through these you know kind of random acts i'm glad to see that the community is is showing love um yeah so so shout out to brown sugar bakery i'm gonna have to stop by throw some money down um yes, yes. and grab y'all gotta this go mm-hmm. we have to I'm just, now it's just not be, I'm, I'm gonna go get we a bunch gotta of go. things and just be passing them out yeah <laughs> What's your favorite thing from tomorrow? What's your, what's your favorite thing? So, okay. So only on special occasion, like birthdays, mm-hmm. can I get the Obama cake? Cause you know, that is a cake with all the layers. Mm-hmm. So it has mm-hmm. chocolate. We got red velvet and we got vanilla all up in the same cake. So that's a lot of cake, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I could do that on special occasions. Cause I could only have like, uh, slice it at a day when it's okay. just too much. That Obama cake though, that thing legit and it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's absolutely it got everything. Beautiful. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to tap it looks so good. That. You, yeah, you have to. Man, you gotta see this picture though. It's ridiculous. Yeah, just make let it just has to be somebody's birthday. It doesn't have to be your birthday, Chima. So I wait until it's like my best friend's birthday. And I'm like, oh well, she loves brown sugar bakery. So I have to get an Obama cake. Like, I gotta get it. So just, you know, find any random Friend of a friend. Oh, girl, it's your birthday? Okay. Right. See, look, my dad's birthday is April 1st, but he don't eat cake. So, but, but we still still get a cake. Okay. Like, yes, yes. So we go <laughs> Say, eat it, I got though. it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he could blow out the candles and then y'all eat it. And okay. Exactly. He, we could take the pictures with him and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. it's for us. <laughs> we open in April together. My birthday closes April. I think I'm going to have to get the Obama. I got the Kilman's ice cream cake last year at the Splurge. Okay. I'm going to have to get okay. the, go and get the, uh, the Obeasy cake. Uh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Uh, I love it. Chima, what is your some good news to get the people through the weekend? I'm not going to sing to y'all before I get kicked off, you know, <laughs> break everybody's eardrums, but uh, <laughs> I ain't no singer. <laughs> but but um, I guess I have a couple things. I think, like, in general, I'm really proud of, like, the artist community in Chicago. Really, like, honored to be, like, to, to share space with folks. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. cool things going on, especially as it gets warm. I know the weather is playing with us, but I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. We ran into um, each other at a show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. We yes, was outside, and, um, G. We was yeah, outside. We was out- <laughs> and it was, was cold outside. that day too. I'm jealous. It was, see, you gotta pop out. You gotta pop out. It was cold that day too, but my arms was out. I don't care. I will put the puffer coat over the crop top. It is all good. Um, today, um, I'm doing a van set with Brittany Carter, um, and it's gonna be really fun. I'm doing poems. Um, the rest of the folks are rapping and doing music. Um, I think that folks be sleep on poets. But we have the bars too. I just don't rhyme. Uh, I mean, so many Chicago a, rappers was poets. You know, exactly. Britney is a poet. Femme yeah. is a poet. Yes. Mick is a poet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They started. They started as poets. And like, I also um. So I'm I'm a teaching artist at Young Chicago Authors, and that's the space where I met Femme. That's the space where I met you feel me, uh, Mick and Brittany and and all of the people that I'm very close to now. And we're starting our um. It's a very full so- circle moment for me because. This is my first time on this side of the table um, working the poetry festival that used to be called Louder Than a Bomb. is now called Rooted and Radical. And it kicks off this weekend um, with Crossing the Street. So I'm so excited. Gee, no matter what, Chicago's youth is going to bring that heat. Like, I've already got a sneak peek of some of these poets literally every time. I'm like, 
we thought we were cold when we were in high school. It just gets like better and yeah. better and better and better. There's no ceiling. So I'm super excited for uh, poetry competition. Super excited for Rooted Radical. Super excited to be on the teaching artist side um, as well. Um, I think that it's like Chicago's youth um, art scene and art scene in general just gives me so much joy, especially when it starts to get hot. So yeah, I'm ready. That's what's up. I'm April mad. is National Poetry Month. Uh, the kickoff event for Rooted and Radical is this Saturday uh, called Crossing the Street. Uh, it's going to be running all month it seems like it, the the mm-hmm. the poetry competition is all month so stay tapped in with this we'll drop some links uh i'm gonna stay with the young folks um but i'm gonna move it a little bit over to sports so this tuesday was the mcdonald's all-american game at Wintrust arena it's the 45th yeah. anniversary of the mcdonald's all-american which is a huge deal is some this is the place where some people you know may have learned about kobe or braun or candace parker for the first time um and, and he's gone on to be basketball legends um I'm really happy it was back in Chicago for the first time, I believe, since 2017. Um, it was the first time that it was even hailed since 2019. So they had both the women's and the men's high school game. Uh, in both cases, the East won on the girls' side. The East won 95 to 75. On the on the men's side, they won uh, 105 to 81. What I actually really am most excited for about this is it's the first time the game has been played since athletes have been able to make money off of their name image and likeness as they move from high school to college so for most of the time that the mcdonald's game was here yes it was a showcase of young phenomenal talent but often it was for scouts it was for colleges it was for somebody else Mm -hmm. to make money off the names of these kids and so you know i'm not celebrating the the system of high school basketball, college basketball, even professional. But I am excited that these kids are showcasing their talents both on the court, but now they can turn that in some money for their families, for themselves, that nobody else is going to be getting paid off of them. So, man, these kids ain't no joke. They redefining basketball. They're going to be better than the people y'all love and like right now. So as you move into your old head status sports fans, y'all just got to create an ability to let go of the players from the past. Don't be like them old heads right now who out here, you know, <laughs> you know, yoking up the 1975 Boston Celtics. I'm sorry yes. they getting yes. worked right now. DeMar DeRozan ain't go. playing with them. Candace Parker ain't playing with them. Them motherfuckers is getting dunked on. So yes. shout out to all of these. Uh, some good news. I love to focus on, on not only local businesses in our community like Brown Sugar Bakery, uh, local efforts uh, like Rooted and Radical, um, but also this focus on young people throughout this episode, how much they deserve to be not only cherished and respected, uh, but they deserve justice. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to be showcased. Uh, so for all of the young people that we mentioned uh, throughout the show, we'll give you links uh, to stories about them. Uh, but, but I'm so grateful for both of y'all being here today thank you you. it's our pleasure Before I let you go, I got to give a heartfelt thanks to the entire City Cash Chicago team that makes this podcast and newsletter possible every single day. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard. She is going hard for us, y'all. I don't know how she get any sleep. Producer Simone Alisea, she's enjoying a much needed vacation out in Spain. Our newsletter writer, Sydney Madden, who going through about 150 articles a day. Roving producer Lizzie Goldsmith, who just jumps in with the team and picks it up and starts running with it. We gotta thank the folks who make the music here at CityCast Chicago, including my boy Sam Thousand and the wonderful Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. 
And remember, we want to hear from you. Visit chicago.citycast.fm, take our audience survey, and tell us how you feel about the daily newsletter, how much you love it, what you want to see improved, and we'll enter you in for a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card. And ask our peoples, we deliver on our promises. Gift card, swag, mention you on the show in the newsletter. If you interact with CityCast Chicago, we'll definitely say thank you. As always, I appreciate you for riding with us another week. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Today on CityCast Chicago, it's the first day of April, my favorite month. (laughs) All right.